0: Hey, hope you're having a good Sunday. This is Coach AA, and welcome to the June 20th edition of this, well, podcast or audio version of my weekly digest. The three things for today, I have one on crazy commutes. And trying to find efficiency where maybe we don't need to find efficiency uh, three quotes as always and the final one on a superpower if only we can learn to pause between stimulus and response so let's get right down to it the first one on crazy commutes efficiency and learning to find more perspectives and the reason I bring this up is I have a, an aversion to driving I just don't like it much and I have friends who absolutely love it and most of us fall somewhere on the spectrum and you add this to being time poor a condition a lot of us suffer from today commute time poor so the only logical out in my head with my prejudice is try not to waste time driving right well that's just uh very narrow lens and not seeing other perspectives and that's what i want to explore with this what my this blind spot exposed me to something and i thought i'd talk about it so at the quad i have quite a few students who spend a significant amount of time commuting distances across the city to train. Spending 30 to 45 minutes each way, that's, well, that's insane to me. But I need to remember that I've always been this way when it comes to driving or commuting. It's not that I liked commuting At any point of time, even when the drive was pleasant, when the views were great, whatever it is, driving is really not what gets my heart racing. So, that narrow view of mine was something I needed to first lose. But efficiency, because we are all time poor, still seemed to rank pretty high. For example, I base my uh, workday around this. My office is about a two kilometer radius. Uh, pretty much anything I want to do, about 80% of them, are in this radius. But is it about efficiency or is it about driving or is it just, uh, well, it satisfies both? Again, just my perspective, right? And talking to a few of my students really opened my eyes on what else there can be and about this quest for efficiency in all things. For example, I have this couple who travel and they take 30, 45 minutes each way. So it's two and a half hours for them. We've even had this student of ours who relocated outside the city, like 100 kilometers away, and he would come into class once a week. We've had someone come from Mahavali Burum, taking a cab and come in, just nuts, right? What I learned by talking to these people, well, to someone, the hour they spend training is pretty much the only time they get to spend on themselves. Maybe they don't own the rest of the day. And so the commute allows them a little bit more time to be by themselves, to collect their thoughts, to do whatever it is that they need to do. For others, it might be the time that allows for a long conversation. Maybe you catch up with your significant other. Maybe you catch up with a friend over the phone Because once you go home, work, life, kids, family, whatever, Netflix, they take over. For people who find a meditative perspective in driving, well, all the more reason to drive, right? That's the 30 minutes they get to do something that they enjoy. So... It is something that rejuvenates and nourishes. The point is not trying to multitask or rather, you know, two birds, one stone, or while I'm driving I'm going to listen to a podcast or I'm going to talk to a friend. But the fact that it allows the breathing space to do any or all of these, I think that's what I was missing. Because not everything is about efficiency. The literal shortest path or the most time-efficient way to do something and its one-dimensional way to think. What I realize, there's always more than one perspective. There are always more benefits and learnings from doing a thing, not just what is advertised, but... So many other things, if only one is open to doing them. So the more slack we seem to have, the better it seems to be. I'm trying to figure this out in places where I've maybe stifled myself and removed this slack. I hope you found this useful. Let's get on to the three quotes. The first one is from the Tao Te Ching. We join spokes together in a wheel, but it is the center hole that makes the wagon move. We shape clay into a pot, but it is the emptiness inside that holds whatever we want. We hammer wood for a house, but it is the inner space that makes it livable. We work with being, but non-being is what we use. Let me come out first and say this. I just found this beautiful and poetic. I have no idea what this means okay I'm still in my well I'm not 100% clueless but slightly lesser because these are not comprehension based things I think these are experiential so I comprehend the English but that's about it anyway I still found it beautiful and I wanted to share the second quote by Bruce Lee, the usefulness of the cup is in its emptiness, end quote. This is one I struggle with every conversation or meeting where I can go into, with this mindset, I learn. It turns out to be a fruitful and constructive conversation, but every time I'm too busy, every time I'm too harried and just just rushing headlong, well, my cup is not empty. Every time I find myself, okay, what's the problem? Let me give you a solution. I never seem to learn and I also feel more drained. I end up doing a subpar job So, this is something I actively try to do in my life. It's hard, but hey, it's something I'm working on. The last quote by Seth Godin. People don't want what you make. They want what it will do for them. They want the way it will make them feel. End quote. People don't want six-pack abs. You don't want six-pack abs. You want what having six-pack abs will make you feel like. The confidence in your body and mind. Being comfortable in your body. That feeling of accomplishment, that feeling of making forward progress, making forward progress in a place where you thought it was not possible. You know, digging yourself out of a hole by yourself where you thought there was no way out. The first time I felt strong, my life changed. In fact, the first time I just finished a CrossFit workout, I was transformed. I'm going to have you listen to this again. People don't want what you make. They want what it will do for them. They want the way... It'll make them feel. End quote. Think about this. Because right now, especially in fitness and nutrition, again, let's stick to my area of expertise. You think you want something. And me telling you that there are larger things that come into play is useless. Why? Well... I didn't know they existed before I stumbled onto them. Same way. You have to discover it for yourself. Just be open to it. That's it. Done with the quotes. On to the last piece for today. Learning to pause and why that's a superpower. Well, because nothing good comes out of flying into a blind rage. Let's take this scenario, right? You're driving to, I don't know, meet your friends, you're chilling, favorite music is on, having a good time, looking forward to hanging out, and out of nowhere this car swerves into your lane in front of you, cuts you off, and just goes away. You stomp the brakes and barely know prevent a collision well you see red right from being in a completely different zone how did you get here in a split second now oh, the next few minutes well nothing really good happens out of this uh, red zone right I mean, you get down, you get into a fight, well, that's never satisfactory for anybody involved. Or you're seething and you're annoyed, well, again, that just ruins your mood, right? I mean, where were you a few minutes ago and where are you now? So, yeah, we've all been there nothing good seems to come out of flying into a blind rage. You know, a regrettable decision or 10, loss of mental peace, agitation. Now, why is this relevant at all? Because it's that rapid emotional response that takes us over before we even know what happened again think of something maybe this you are very sensible when you drive and you don't get into this but there must be something where this happens to you how do you handle it i'm going to read a passage from a short story that i read probably when i was in middle school it's it's something it, it's a, it's a story that 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 touched me Gafur silently watched Mahesh, whose two deep, brown eyes were full of pain and hunger. Didn't even give a handful, he muttered, patting the bull's neck and back. You're my son, Mahesh, he whispered to him. You've grown old and served us for eight years. I can't even give you enough to eat. But you know how much I love you, don't you? Mahesh only stretched out his neck and closed his eyes with pleasure. End quote. This is from Drought by Sarachandra Chatterjee. If you went to CBSE and you're approximately same age as me, you read this book. Or if you are one of those people who read books, then you probably read this book, right? I know this is a tangent, but bear with me. It tells the story of this poor weaver who is an indentured laborer living in a village afflicted by drought. He is struggling to feed himself and his daughter, and he doesn't even have any money to feed his bull. Like, who he loves. In fact, he resorts to pulling straw from his thatched roof to feed his bull when there's nothing else. And, you know, he needs this roof to keep the rains away. But he knows he needs to feed his bull. Anyway. The story goes on and The stress, the despair, everything adds up to this man's life. And when his bull does something wrong, he pushes his daughter when she's carrying water because the bull's thirsty to get at the water from the utensil she's carrying. Gafur flies into a blind fit of rage and hits his bull, and the bull dies. So, back to topic. Anger. We all know, well, while we've thankfully not been in Gaffur's shoes, well, like someone cutting us off when we're driving, we've all flown into a blind rage and done Things we're not proud of. But this is about the larger part where emotions take over. And emotions take over pretty much all the time. So, where does it take over? I'm going to give you two examples that I see with my students. One, showing up to class. Being stressed at work, you know, it was a long day at work. You barely had time to eat your lunch. You just gobbled it in record time. You didn't even get much sleep last night. And being stuck at home is driving you up the wall as it is doing to the rest of the family as well. So stressed, lacking motivation. You think, I don't feel like working out today right? It adds up. It adds up over the day. And you have a choice. And the overriding emotion is, oh man, I've had a tough day. Can I just take a break? Or when it comes to nutrition and emotional eating, again, stress, whatever it is, right? Things add up. And you're like, ah, I just want to eat some cake or I want to have a cookie. Just want to break. It happens. It happens all the time. It happens to me all the time. and Not just these two scenarios, but wow. So many different scenarios in life. Happens. Why? Well, mm. I guess because, you know, body, mind, our life, they're all one piece. So, battling that emotional response is hard and as we saw in the extreme examples, it's short-circuited into us. We act without knowing when we're waylaid by emotion. And in the two examples I used here, that is Lacking motivation, hey, can I skip class? And hey, can I just get some cake already? We just want a band-aid. We just want a pick-me-up right now. We want a momentary break. But the issue is, if you do this all the time, then that's a problem. If you do this more often than than not, that's a problem. Why? Because this is not in line with the goals that you've set going back to, say, the road rage or drought. Even a minute later or five minutes later after flying into a blind rage, you probably know that you shouldn't have done that. Right? Same way, what happens if, let's say, you want to train regularly because you enjoy it. You know it's good for you. You know you want to take care of your health and fitness and you actually like it. So you end up skipping the workout because you're fatigued or lacking motivation or whatever. But then the next day, you're miffed. You're angry at yourself. You berate yourself. You guilt yourself. Ah, I should have done it. Oh, I shouldn't have been lazy. Whatever. Right? Well, here's a powerful, powerful thing that you can do. Just pause. When something happens, or rather, let's be more specific. We are discussing these two scenarios. I don't know enough about life and all that to tell you about anger, blah, blah, blah. Let me get to my expertise. The two scenarios I spoke about, skipping a workout or eating crap, not because you want to, but because you're overwhelmed emotionally or emotional eating and demotivation, these two, let's call it. So when this happens, here's what you're going to do. Breathe. Slow your breathing down. Just focus on calm inhales and exhales. Don't fight the thought. Don't rationalize it. Don't start building a case for or against pros and cons. No. But don't try to force it away. Just instead, breathe. Focus on your breath. Just be take five minutes. Once the surge of emotions has passed, then see what you want to do. Most times, right, 90% of the cases, you will stick to your plan because that's what your values signal. I want to show up to class regularly because I want to feel better, and I know coming into class makes me feel great, and I know I have a great day and a great week. So that's what I want to do. I know I want to continue eating the way I'm eating, and I want to eat cake when I want to eat cake, not when I have an irrational response. Once you pause, the cloud of anger or cloud of emotion will eventually clear, and you'll see what's obvious to you, what will be obvious to you later, but sometimes muddied right now. And maybe 10% of the time, you are right. It is. A great decision to take the day off from training. There's no right or wrong here. I'm not saying you train yourself silly and you know overtrain and hurt yourself, or no, wh- equally whatever applies to eating. Because most times the answer is it depends. Most times you wanna do, you wanna look at the longer arc. And that's all I'm trying to get you to do. Just pause between stimulus and response. And then take a call. That's it. And that wraps up this week's edition. Thanks for listening. This is Coach AA signing off. I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.